Yay. So we talked about some heavy stuff before we're actually recording. Uh, real life stuff? Uh, yeah, no. We don't no. talk about real life here. We talk about video games. But we don't actually talk about video games, at least on this podcast. <laughs> no, we normally do. We, I, oh, okay. This so, episode. We, this episode, yes. Sorry. I My words are failing me. We are not and usually you about... explain stuff like... In the this is my time, bitch. Okay, fine. What do you want to say? Happy New Year's, uh, Happy Valentine's Day. I don't even know. Actually, Happy Valentine's Day. This is coming out like around. This the... is coming out next week. It's still gonna be January when this comes out. Son of a bitch! <laughs> is there a holiday at the end of January? No. We internationally. Had, we already had Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, I'm not gonna make jokes about that. Yeah, and then next is Valentine's Day. So. Save this one for me. Just wait two weeks. No, I have then the listen power. To or, or, or I guess the listener. No, not you. Can... Save it. Them. They're they're saving it with me. This episode where we haven't started yet. This is going to be a promise. It'll be a promise pod. Oh, a promise pod. You'll is save like yourself a... for me. Oh no. No. We'll, no, we'll, no, we'll no, no, listen. no, 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 no. We'll all listen together on Valentine's Day at First midnight. First of all, this isn't even Valentine's Day theme. Don't listen to him. He is filling your head with nonsense. That's what love is sometimes. They they don't know what they'll get. They'll they'll be ready Valentine's Day, and then they'll get this podcast. I am so so sorry for you if you do that. Please don't listen to this on Valentine's Day. Even I, I'm not going to be so cruel as to, like, <laughs> keep leading these people on. Okay, fine. But if you do, please, let me know. Shout out in the Discord or the Twitter or whatever he says at the end. <laughs> the Twitter. The Twitter. Whatever. <laughs> ah, fuck it. Save yourself, girl. Or guy. Or person. Or anybody. Everybody. I, I, I need a better word. Actually, ah, we've used up so much space, but I've actually got an issue that keeps coming up that is such a weird, stupid problem. Is it dude? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't know where you were going with dude. Because, like, you call everybody dude. You think it's a gender-neutral thing, and I've seen people push back against people that People have online. been pushing back. It is It is actually somewhat related, actually, to gender identification, actually. But it's with my cat. Isn't your cat a he? My cat's a guy. Yeah, it's a... It uh, it's he he yes. is, yeah, my cat is male. He is neutered. My mother does not recognize the gender identity of my cat though, <laughs> and for some reason my mother deliberately misgenders my cat. That's not, which what? annoys me a lot. Did she, did she call she. your cat a she? Just over and over. How is she doing? She's okay, right? How is she? And I'm like, he's doing fine, mom. He's okay. And it's not, I don't even understand why, but she just, cats are female to her. That's really weird. Yeah. And I think she thinks the name sounds female too, but every time I have conversations about my cat, she calls the cat she, and it is really friggin' annoying. Well, now you, how do you think it feels to humans? Exactly. Yeah. There you go. That's your... First weird. world cis world problems, I guess. Yeah, that's some sort of weird thing that we are pro-identifying people as the gender they want to be identified by. And cats. And cats, yes. But more importantly, humans. Yes, yes, humans too. It's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. This makes no fucking sense, but we're doing it anyway. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the procedurally generated podcast that's a roguelike for your ears. I'm your host, T-Man, and I'm here with... Harvey Z, in the place to be. And today, we're going to be talking about movies. Make me a movie-er. Goer. What what would it be? There isn't like a... Like, cinephile is someone who like... Yeah, but like, you don't want to be called that. No, I'm good with that. Yeah. Like, audiophiles are like music folks i guess but yeah gamers movie go it's movie goers it's like. movieers like that's that's what Movers. it is no movieers cinemas yeah. netflixers huluers because movies now aren't just on like the big screen yeah motion picture i mean cinephiles is... like but cinephiles is i don't it has a bad connotation yeah anything that's a file just feels yeah no no i mean like cinephiles are often viewed as snobby about cinema versus not you're no stop it that's why i don't like the word cinephiles stop it no stop uh okay we're gonna go to harvey z snaps because no you're bad okay all right so this is this one is a hot button debate that happened a while back um, and I, it's, uh, anyway, I'm igniting it for absolutely no particular reason. So your choices this time are the entire works of Martin Scorsese or the entire MCU. This seems like a no brainer and really, really easy. What am I missing? Martin Scorsese. What did he do of importance? I mean, he's directed a whole bunch of Oscar winning movies and is regarded as one of the most yeah uh, i know that that's why i'm like directors of all time but does it affect me (laughs) like what's he done that i care about i mean he did the departed he did i'm good aviator good um the irishman if you've haven't seen it it, heard it's long i'm good um did he do shutter island (sighs) i think you need to go further back because i probably liked his taxi driver i think i like that one but again i'm like let me, let me let me run down a list of the movies he's directed since okay he did do Shutter Island, uh, Gangs of New York, Casino, Goodfellas, oh I the do Color love- of Money, Raging Bull, uh, Taxi Driver, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, he's directed a bunch of documentaries apparently. Oh, again, Goodfellas is the only one on that list where I'm like, oh, I mean, I did like Taxi Driver, but even then, yeah. Okay. Versus I mean, the MCU, yes, just the cinematic version. I, that's, that's what, what MCU the C stands, stands for. for. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh no, you're going to destroy my comic books. But no, you just mean the. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Just destroy Martin Scorsese's works. I'm good. Wow, that didn't like, take that. That was that was a really easy one. Uh, Harvey Z is not a cinephile. Fuck no. <laughs> okay, well that was easy. Yeah. 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 So this is a really weird world that we've created this time around. Like I've destroyed Roombas and Martin Scorsese's works, and I don't even remember the other stuff if we even have it out. Uh no, you did. What was the thing you destroyed last week? That's what I was trying to remember, yeah. Oh shit. We've destroyed it. It, so- it was cats versus Roombas. Mm-hmm. And oh, Superman. The Oh, that's right. All the Superman stuff. Yeah, I got so I've got the MCU and Batman. I'm good. (laughs) 
Okay, well, in that vein, as you can tell, we are not cinephiles and we don't give a shit about Martin Scorsese. So what we are doing this week is we are going to be going over our five movies of the decade. Now, I proposed this when I... when I Oh, shit. My phone is not with me. I don't need my phone. Oh. Uh, <laughs> freestyle it. Freestyling. When I proposed this to Harvey Z, I specifically said he can take it any way he wants to. It can be in mo- five influential, like the five most important ones, or just his five personal favorites. Uh, I came up with my list for my own reasons, and he okay. came up with his list for his own reasons. And now we're going to get together. I specifically, like, we planned out ahead of time. He gave me his list, so there's not going to be any doubling up. Oh, really? You completely? I, I specifically, like, there was one on your list that I, I would have put on my list if you mm-hmm. hadn't. But because you're covering it, I, I got something okay. else in there. Um, so then, should I go first, or do you want to start, or um, start so? Did you bottom? have a like? So mine aren't ordered. Are you? Did you order yours in any sort of way? Not really, but I do have a general like. I could create an order pretty easily, but I mean, like they would wobble. Like four might be five one day, five might be four. But like I know who's number one and two, and I know who's number. Maybe three. three, four, five, like in the okay. sense of like. Well, I'm not going to do mine in any order. We'll we'll go back and forth okay. and like discuss each of the movies. Fair enough. I will go with then for number five. To, like, don't I'm oh, yeah. not I'm not numbering mine. Okay. So, um, do you specifically want to number yours? That's the thing. Actually, no, because they're they're in their place. They're chosen for different reasons. Of mm-hmm. like, that's why. Like when you said in any reason I could. I kind of like it's not like the best movies of the decade. It's like these are things that I find important or cool. Right. Okay. So don't no, no numbers okay. this time around. All right. We're just talking about five movies that this particular decade like for us. And the decade being in case of they're listening to this in 2010 like, to 2019. Cases they listened in like 2050. Yeah, this podcast will endure if the the <laughs> aliens come down and listen to this podcast first. Just so they have a reference as after what should they the, destroy first? The, yeah, after the Earth has go- long gone and humanity has died, this podcast some on someone's computer survived. Uh, probably mine. Anyway, <laughs> your 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 first uh, movie, Get Out. Uh, it's my house. I can't leave. Wow. Da 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 da. You really went there, huh? Okay, fair enough. Get Out. Uh, Brilliant movie. I, I really have seen this it. as well. So, okay. Yeah. I assumed everything I've seen, you probably have seen. I have not seen one of the ones on your list. The most recent one. Oh, got it. Yeah. I do want to see it, though, but I yeah. have not. Okay. Uh, so, don't worry about spoiling it, though, because I already know generally what okay. happens in it. This one, I mean, like, I liked it a lot, but I feel like it Oh, deserves- by the way, just in case, there are going to be spoilers for Thank all you. these movies. I know Harvey Z is normally one that cares about that, but... We're just going to talk about it. We're not going to worry about stuff. So go ahead. So this does something that I really enjoy, which is it genre bends a little bit. Mm -hmm. I like movies that can kind of cross over without being ridiculous, like that do it well. And Get Out, I thought, was, I don't know if I should say innovative. Did you feel it was like innovative or just it did it well where it kind of merged the line between horror 
being like culturally woke with a message as well as just funny. Like, so for me, it wasn't really a horror movie to me mm-hmm. because like there are elements of horror that I, when I think of a horror film, I think of things like scream or mm-hmm. uh, Friday the 13th, things like uh, midsummer hereditary, or, you know, the, all those sorts of things. And Get Out has a very different feel to it. It's like, I can see why people consider it horror and I don't object to it. To me, it felt, if I had to describe it closer to like a thriller, okay. because yeah. there's a lot of unsettling tension for like most of the movie. <laughs> and like, you're trying, but you're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And it's not so much, oh shit. Like, you know, oh shit, he's in danger. It's such a, like, focused thing where it's like, he's in a bad spot and everyone else knows what's going on, kind of. Whereas in, like, other horror movies, it's like, something is causing, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. And now that I think about it, maybe Midsummer is kind of more like Get Out because it's like... Yeah, Midsummer I would say is like an allegory for a breakup. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at right. the same time, I would have classified it as a horror movie in that it is graphic or gruesome and violent. And Get Out doesn't really have a lot of that. Is like yeah, it's, it's, it's a slow build. It's a it's a very slow build, and like the third act is very like tension relieving, mm-hmm. in the sense that like all the violence is perpetrated mostly towards the bad people like it's cathartic actually yeah yeah it's a it's and that's why i kind of don't consider it as much of a horror as others Mm -hmm. because like in horror movies it's kind of like the evil person does the violence and the catharsis at the end is defeating the evil while this one is it's a whole bunch of buildup of tension and then the catharsis is the good guy whooping ass on the bad guys i would Add to it, though, it almost the evil is implied in the sense that the evil is very real. Yeah. And that's what the tension comes from in the beginning. First two acts is we know what sort of evil is perpetuated in the world. In the sense we know, in a sense, the outcome, which is evil wins. Evil kind of takes over the day. Racism is alive and well, basically. Right. And this is a guy who's just going to be put through that. And then at the end, it puts a twist on it. For me, the movie that I think of then when I think of Get Out is Friday the 17th or Friday the 13th Part 7, which is the one where he, Jason has to fight a psychic. Oh, yeah. The psychic girl. He does his Jason-y things all through the movie. And then it comes down to she's the final girl in the house. And then Jason is ready to go and kill her. And she uses her telekinetic powers to basically whoop Jason's ass through the house and then outside and then defeats Jason. And as a kid, I loved it because I was terrified of Jason, terrified of, oh, he's going to kill everybody. And he does. But here was somebody who had magical powers defeating him. And it was a twist on what I thought horror was. This one, it's racism is alive and well. Racism is going to win the day. Racism is there. How's he going to escape all the way to the end? And this person finds a way Mm -hmm. to like overcome it. And it relieves that tension and it was a good release. Yeah. And I did like that 
the racism that was portrayed in the movie was not the typical conservative racism that we consider the racism. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it, it was like the liberal elite sort of, I voted for Obama. I could, I would have voted for him a third time if I could have, um, that sort of like the, the fake ally racism <laughs> where they say they're on your side. They say they're not being a dick, but when the nitty gritty comes down to it, they think they're better than you. Yeah. It was so well done. Like, I was expecting it because I didn't watch it. Like, I didn't really watch spoilers for any of these movies, actually. But it was a it was cool to see it play out. Like, it was just as good as I thought it would be not watching it in theaters, but watching it when it came out a little bit later. So cool. is there anything else you want to talk about it? Um, it's just a good film. Go check it out. Everybody yeah. should have it. Yeah. If, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Yeah. yeah. It is one of those films, though. Once you, you remember your first time watching it. Like and then after that, the whole point of the film is you got to get all your friends to watch it, and you're watching them the whole time. Yeah, and like, oh, you got to see this part. This this yeah. is gonna be awesome, and you're just watching them to see their reactions if they haven't seen it before. Okay, so I'm gonna take a bit of a swerve here. Not, not uh, okay. I don't think I know your list, but I I can. <laughs> I mean, I I gave you what I was picking them out of. Yeah. Um, so. First one on my list that I'm going to talk about is Inception. It started the decade for me that because Inception came out in 2010, and I th think I saw it three times in theaters and twice in the same weekend when it first came out. And for me, Inception kind of encapsulates the idea of new stories that this the rest of this decade kind of missed yes. like big holly when i say that i mean like big hollywood productions really turned into the churn of recreating old movies reboots sequels you know all the flash and like the blockbusters like in the 90s, we got Independence Day, we got Face Off, we got The Rock, we got Bad Boys. You know, we got all these, like, unique blockbuster films in different ways. Sure, they were stupid action movie plots, but there was not a lot of, you know, regurgitating the nostalgia. And in this the, this particular decade between the MCU kind of being a bunch of following a similar vein, like all the, all the MCU movies getting like sequels and trilogies and then um, Disney reanimating all their animated movies and eighties uh, movies being remade or like cashing in on books or whatever that were like Inception started the decade with such a strong, like, unique story. Like, what if people could go into dreams? What if they could mess with people and, like, there was this world where you could change things in people's minds? A bit like The Matrix? Matrix 1, before we knew. No, no, it's not, it's not really. No. No, like, The Matrix was an entirely, like, sci-fi sort of... The robots have won. They have. They've turned us into batteries, 
and they've made a world like the idea of we're all living in a simulation is not a new one. Like mm -hmm. that happened before the Matrix. And Inception is different because it's there's it's just people. They don't even go into explanation of how the fuck they can do this. Like they have like the machine that they stick into the arm and then everyone falls asleep and they're in the shared dream. They don't go too much into the technical detail, which is fine. They set up the premise and then they do what they can with it. And there was, it's it's a movie that's filled with tension and is like a blockbuster, but there isn't a whole lot of action in it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the tension comes from will he succeed at getting the task done? And just the I love the idea of having like a heist of a person's brain. You know, like, it's like, I've got the architect and I'm building the maze and I'm like the, God, what's the, I can't remember all the different words they use. Like, I know Ellen Page was the architect and then there was Tom Hardy who was like the, the, the guy who could like change faces and, oh. and do all that stuff. I've only seen it once way when it first came out. Oh. So it's been a long time. Oh, it's so good. I rewatch it like yearly. Usually it's. Mm. I, I love everything about the movie. I the fact that there's like multiple dream layers that they go can go deeper and you can get if you go down too far you're lost in the dream for centuries. Like it's it has problems, but it's such a unique stab at a new like a different world. Like it's creative in a way both in filmmaking and in um just the story that i really like christopher nolan as a director when he gets to do this sort of thing like mm -hmm. i'm super excited for tenet which comes out this year which it looks to be something weird like inception yeah i don't really know what it's about i've seen the i don't trailers. either like it I've, I've kind of pieced together something but i have no idea how it's actually going to come together and that is how I felt going into Inception. Like, I saw that trailer and I was in. I had no idea what the hell was happening, but I was in. And it was so... You don't get that a lot in movies now where you go into the theater and, like, what am I going to get? Like, am I actually going to like this? Uh -huh. Like, is this going to be a good movie? Like, I don't even know the plot. While, like, a lot of trailers, like, oh, yeah, I know it. Oh, yeah, I know generally what's going to happen with Doctor Strange. I know, like, everything nowadays kind of comes with the preset framework. Either it's based on something you've already seen, or the trailer had the entire movie in it for two minutes. You know, and I know you're a big person of not seeing trailers for that reason. But, yeah. like, when you go to see movies, you see trailers in front of them. You mm -hmm. can't help it. And so just a fresh movie like Inception where, like... You don't know what's going on in it, and you're happy. I had the same feeling when I played Control this past year, mm -hmm. um, where I started the game, and I just I didn't know anything about it. And just the uncovering the layers and how it was SCP-like and all the different abilities, and I had no idea where the story was going to go. Like It was just so invigorating to like feel that. And that's how I felt when I was watching Inception back in... 2010 for the first time and i didn't know the rest of the decade was going to be filled with the stuff that i do now and that's why for me it's important to look back on it now and be like oh shit i liked that <laughs> feeling i wish i got that more with movies cool that's my that's my first one okay 
my next one will be Baby Driver. Okay. So this one is specifically I would have had on my list as well. So you go you I'll okay. tell I'll I'll I'm talk curious about... why you'll put it on yours, yeah. but I can tell you my reasons. This was a weirdly it's quirky in a way. It's Edgar Wright is the director who I love. Mm-hmm. I've but it hit me on all the right levels in a way that no movie usually does. In that, again, like Get Out, I was like, oh, this is something cool that it did well. Baby Driver was innovative, it felt like to me, for a different reason, which is the sound. Like, as you know, in past, like, soundtracks, video game stuff, I don't usually care about those things. Like, movie soundtracks, again, really hard to be memorable. They have to super stand out for me. Mm -hmm. Like, songs can stand out, but not, like, whole movies. This one, like... The sound and the visuals were so inexplicably combined, like to the fact of like he's doing things to the beat. He's doing things to like the soundtrack and things like where when the opening intro where he's getting coffee and you could see words in the background and it's matching up to the lyrics of the song. I was just blown away by that. And at that point, like I didn't care what the movie was going to be about. I was in. Like, I was just drawn into this world, and it was so cool. I kind of like musicals, but this was... It's hard to describe this as an action movie musical or how to describe, like, how different the movie was. It also had a protagonist who was different than the usual action protagonist. He's not, like, some badass, but yet he is. But he can come off, I mean, differently abled in a way. Like, he was somebody who had trouble communicating. He had trouble... Uh, at times with like the tinnitus with the buzzing in his ears and it distracted him like he would by all means not be considered like the macho badass hero and the one flaw i will give this movie is yes it does kind of dismiss the female protagonist i mean we kind of have her as kind of just to add on to the guy she doesn't get a lot of like deeper narrative other than like that's like the one problem i have with edgar wright's uh-huh. films and the stuff he writes is that he doesn't tend to write good female protagonists yeah a lot of them are kind of on the side and like a just kind of like dressing to accentuate the male protagonist's story yeah, yeah so. and like as a male person i was about to say as a male protagonist in my own life <laughs> i mean you are yes you are a male protagonist hopefully i will stay a protagonist in my life but like so I could relate all the more to the main character then. And it sort of becomes like this wishful fantasy of like, yeah, he gets the girl, he gets to save the day. But it has like all the things I love in Edgar Wright sequences as well. Like, oh, is there going to be a queen song in this? Yes, there was. Is there going to be some badass fight sequence that's a little bit innovative and stuff? Yes, there was. And it happened to be also about things I like. You like heist movies, which I enjoy. This was also like car chase sequences that are done so well and beautifully. And any movie that includes, because there's one other movie that does this for sure, a Freebird sequence where Freebird is playing at the end, the bridge sequence when he's going towards the cops. I don't think that they don't that, play Freebird. That wasn't Freebird. Okay. I have the soundtrack. Then I'm thinking of a different movie, which is to say, I wanted to blur this over to Devil's Rejects. Oh, yeah. Devil's Rejects has one of my favorite sequences. And that's what I thought of that. You're wrong. I'm wrong. Not you. Of where, ah. <laughs> oh, it would have been better then. Should have put Freebird at the end of it. Yeah. Anytime you have Freebird the badass was facing not cops. on the soundtrack. 
what did he what song was playing then when he goes I and faces? I think the song that was playing was the one that was sung by his, his mother. Mother. Yeah, let me see if I can find this. Like he soundtrack. says goodbye to the girl and then he steps out and ah. Oh. Uh soundtrack, soundtrack, soundtrack. Baby driver soundtrack. Easy. Easy. Easy was the name of the song. Uh was... by the Commodores, I believe. Ah. Yeah. Also I really like the fact how they did sign language. Yeah. Like they had subtitles below and I'm a huge proponent of subtitles to have it in the movie itself. And then he's signing along such, ah, that, that's why this movie works on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the reason I love this movie is kind of the exact opposite of you in Mm -hmm. that I pay hella attention to soundtracks and a good soundtrack, a good score to a movie amplifies the movie and i'm just right now looking at the five movies i chose i have the soundtracks to all five of them i bought all five of these soundtracks immediately after seeing the movie and that i like i didn't even physically like think of or consciously think about that when i made my list and yet now looking at it, i'm like holy shit like the five movies i chose all of them have like mm-hmm. the soundtrack so Music is and soundtrack and the backing to the music is very important to me. And when I wrote about Baby Driver, uh, when I first saw it, it was like just one of an all-time great for me because a lot of the way my thought process is when I listen to music and scores and things, I will get an idea for like a story, uh, some some sort of scene. And I will replay the music over and over again, choreographing the scene to the music beats. And Baby Driver is that in a movie. Like everything is choreographed to music beats and drum and like crescendos and and decrescendos and scene like my brain put together in a competent two hour film was just like. I, I was like, oh, this was movie was made for me. <laughs> so for you, you, it was your lack of understand, like, yeah, doing soundtracks made it pop out to you. And for me, it was the fact that I pay attention so much to soundtracks. Like, and, for, oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Like for me, like, it's really hard for me to understand soundtracks. And this one showed me visually what right. a good soundtrack could be. Yeah. Like, I love there, there's a word for it that I can't come up with. But like when the action is in rhythm with the music. Like I just love that anytime it happens. Uh, and that's what baby driver was as a movie. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm also like going crazy over your pick, but like this would, I would have talked about baby driver instead uh, of my second pick, unless you have more to say, nope. no, uh, which is the world's end, which is also by Edgar Wright. Uh, and I, I had both of them on my list and when you sent me yours and you were picking Baby Driver, I was like, okay, well, then I can do World's End. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to have a hard time deciding. I wasn't going to put two Edgar Wright films on mine. Uh, but <laughs> so The World's End, again, fantabulous soundtrack. And yes, I just said fantabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, though, it was weird seeing it because, like, even though it is now almost seven years later, because this came out in 2013. But there was this feeling of the protagonists of that movie are 
guys trying to relive their glory days. And it's like specifically one guy holding on to like the, what he considered the best night of his life, which was when they were 18. And now they're all 40 somethings doing one last bar crawl. And I just, I felt so strongly at the time of how like, shit, my life, like, even though I am, God, I would have been like late twenties. Yeah. So like, I'm not even that far into my life, but I still identified it so much because at the time I was so obsessed with reliving college because I kept feeling like I had missed out on the quintessential college experience that I needed to go back and do it again because I didn't party hard enough. I didn't meet enough people. I didn't do the thing that everyone in college does. Like, despite the fact that I came out of college with a whole bunch of friends and a, a you know, like had a good experience, I just, at that time, I was in a rut and I was just like, I need to, to relive my quote unquote youth. Like, I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. still in my 30s. It's not like, I'm not. We're old, man. Yeah. yeah. But like, so watching the world's end and just the first half of the movie just being like five buddies reconnecting and like going on a thing especially because at that time i didn't didn't have the friend group i had like 2013 was right around when my life started coming back together again um because 2013 was when i got i stopped being unemployed and got a job I got my apartment and was able to move out of my parents' place. I started having a social group again. Uh. But, like, before this, when World's End came out, in my life, everything kind of started coalescing again. My friends all happened to move back to right where I lived and, like, we could see each other again. Like, I started working with people uh, that I had known. And, like, there was a lot of reconnecting going on, but... When World's End came out, that re- those reconnections weren't happening. And so I had this like, oh, I want to do this. I want to connect with my friends. And anyway, and then the second half is a really awesome sci-fi action alien movie uh, that has the best. Like I can write an essay on the uh, bathroom fight scene and why it's perfect. Like. The, the very, fight scene. Yeah, the very first one when they find out that there there's robots and it's like in a very small enclosed space, mm-hmm. a five on five fight, and it's so well directed that you know exactly what's going on the entire time. There isn't any missing time or like weird cuts. It's all kind of like one long shot. It's pinnacle of action to me. Uh and then like the other action sequences are great. I think it's Baby Driver is a personal favorite film of mine, but I think The World's End is uh, Edgar Wright, like, perfecting his cinematography. Like, I think it was filmed better than Hot Fuzz, Sean, Scott Pilgrim, and, like, this was where he was like, I got this now. Um, So, World's End, personally important movie to me. Because for me, it falls lower in the... Like, I really liked Hot Fuzz. Shaun of the Dead and World's End kind of fall similar in their rankings to me. Because I think part of it was I had seen Hot Fuzz. I was expecting more Hot Fuzz. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, the Cornudo Trials or whatever with the ice cream. Like, we're going to get something cool. And then it was like a slow burn of a movie where the first half, I wasn't sure where it's going. And I was like... But I was having fun and I enjoyed it. But it wasn't 
like action movie scene, but at the same like it was so here real yeah. quick. Have you seen it more than once? I might have seen it twice, but I would almost say like once, which is why you describing the bathroom scene. I remember it now. If you would ask me, oh, yeah, you remember the bathroom scene? I wouldn't have said it's a big deal or so like, oh, yeah, they had a fight in a bathroom. Maybe yeah. now, though, like I think about it and it's like, yeah, I remember parts of it. It, it stood out like I can see why also having some maturity now yeah. because back then I think I watched it going like, yeah, what am I going to see? Edgar Wright. Woo. And then. I'm in a different mindset where I can appreciate yeah. those things. The other thing is that Edgar Wright is a master of setting things up at the beginning and then having it come into play later. Like I love Chekhov's gun, mm -hmm. but more importantly, I love, uh, I don't know if there's a, a word for it, but like the sort of foreshadowing that you don't notice until you like, you're watching it a second or third time and like he does so that a world's end is another one where he just nails everything like the the opening bar crawl completely like corresponds with, with the actual the bar crawl like it's it's so good like watch it for those little details so that's why i did watch it twice for that thing but that's why it's so long ago cuz right around that time i was like oh man i did highlight in my mind like that is one of the best foreshadowing movies out there mm -hmm. yeah but I also like that kind of stuff. And that's what, another reason I mm -hmm. like The World's End so much. So, number three then, Cabin in the Woods. All right. We're not going to continue the Edgar Wright train? We're not going to continue the Edgar Wright train. Okay. It's going to be Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Josh Whedon. So, two horror-ish movies. On your I'm own. noticing a trend here, actually, because we'll see what happens. Because another movie that genre bends a little bit mm -hmm. does hit the horror, but I view it as... It's not just comedy. It's not a comedy horror. There's more to it. Like it's it's a smart movie and like because of it it expects more, I think, of the audience or it engages you on a level where it's like, you know what's gonna happen and you know how the the game works, but let's subvert things a little bit. And it's a movie that you could just watch and if you knew nothing of horror, you would enjoy it. And I've shown it to people who are naive to like horror movies and they've enjoyed it. But if you love horror movies or 80 slashers or these types of like lost in the wood, like evil dead type of scenarios, it's so much more. And, oh, I know when it came out, I thought this would have definitely been on your list. And I'm surprised. I mean, I like Cabin Woods a lot. And it's if it, I was going to make a best of the decade list, it would definitely be somewhere in the top 20 like maybe even top 10. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of like personal significance, it doesn't have as much, mm. which is why the, like the other movies on it on here kind of have like a little bit of like a personal touch to them. Ah. Um, while Cabin in the Woods, I think is a great movie and I love showing it to people. And, and it's especially great because it kind of skewers horror tropes and like does... Mm -hmm. That sort of like uh, same similar to Scream where it kind of ha puts the genre on the platform and then kind of turns it on its head to like make a more interesting movie. And I realizing this, all the movies I'm choosing, actually, most of them are not personal movies, but they're movies that I want to show to people who haven't seen them. And I'd be watching them watch the movie. Kind right. Of yeah, that's that. I, I Cabin see that. in the Woods is really good for that. Yes. Yeah. I actually showed that to my girlfriend who doesn't like horror movies and she still liked it. So yeah. that's kind of like the testament to that movie where she's not a horror movie person at all, but she still found it uh, interesting and to be a good movie. Like of the horror genre and in 2000, 
the decade or whatever, I would put this. That's why I was like looking for the best example of this would be my favorite horror movie that if it was on and somebody hasn't seen it, I'll be like, we got to watch this and we'll watch it kind of thing. Cool. Anything else? Mm, nah, I think no? I'm good. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to switch from horror because you said this was your like yeah. emblematic horror movie that you would want to show somebody. Well, I'm going to talk about my emblematic action movie that I from this uh, decade that everyone needs to see, and that is Mad Max Fury Road. This one was the one. It it I kept going back and forth. I'm glad you put it on the list. Yeah, like once you, yeah. just like I saw you had Baby Driver when you didn't choose Mad Max, I was absolutely going to be putting it on. It there. would. I love chases car chases and stuff it was it was real hard baby driver versus mad max mm -hmm. yeah yeah i god i love mad max it it's just like inception it's a movie that like even though it's a sequel and like is uh, you know in the same universe as as the previous mad max movies it's a movie that just goes for it like it it's unapologetic it's filmed using like like actual mm -hmm. things like every actor on the set said it was terrible filming in like the desert and everything and george miller was like horrible like but like he had a vision and it came out in the film like you you watched it and holy shit is that a good movie like it and it's adrenaline from the start to finish like the entire movie is a car chase yeah like that's it that is the plus and minus of that movie where i debated back and forth of like the plot it's get from point A to point B and then go back. <laughs> oh shit, we should go back to point A. Like that was that's the movie. We're going from we need to get somewhere. Oh shit, it's actually better if we go back. But yet at the same time, it's done so well yeah. that it is one of the best examples of a point A to point B and go back movie that I've seen. You know, it's like you know me, you know that I love the 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 bottle episode concept yeah. where everything stays in one place i also love movies where there is like speed mm -hmm. where it's like a giant action movie where like there there is the core concept and then you're trying to figure out what the fuck to do with this core concept and this mad max fury road is we're in an apocalypse i'm trying to uh, mad max or max and furiosa are trying to escape this evil dude and he's got his entire army chasing them. How the fuck do we get out of this? And that's that's it. And the fact that each like action scene has different stuff happening in it, even though it's just one big car chase. Like there's the fucking doof. Yeah. Like uh, oh, it's so good. And the soundtrack again is gonna be a recurring theme. Mm -hmm. the soundtrack is phenomenal. Like. Every time Mad Max comes on when I'm, like, driving, like, I fucking nearly just, like, crash my car because I start speeding and just going, woo, <laughs> I don't know what that was. I lost, I tried to do a woo and my throat didn't cooperate. Uh, but, yeah, Mad Max, the personal significance one for this one, it wasn't so much, like, an actual personal connection to the movie so much as like me and all of my friends were just so fucking hyped about this movie like i've never talked to a person that isn't hype about it and for me that sort of movie where 
people who have seen it are just excited and gung-ho about talking about it and just Mm -hmm. they're 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 not being like yeah well this isn't very realistic and you know the physics in this scene just doesn't work right or like doing that nitpicky thing that like cinema sins created and everyone does with movies like fuck yeah you know guy playing guitar with a flamethrower and you know car is crashing and bullets flying and like everyone just like gets into the psyche of this movie when they're watching it and that's what I love about it as like a, an action person. Like action movies are my favorite style of movie, mm-hmm. which is evident from the movies I'm picking. And just having everyone just like have a movie from that genre where they don't nitpick and they're just like, yes, Fury Road, do it. Yeah. Like I, I can't argue against. I, I really wish what I'd seen was a black and white cut. Yeah, I've I've wanted to watch the black and white cut. I haven't yeah. yet, but it, that would be really really cool. It's just uh it was such a good film. Like it is the classier version of an older film that I really enjoy, Crank. <sighs> okay, I am going to argue that no, Crank is not a good movie. Crank was all action from start to finish. I mean, ridiculous, over the top, and yes, it's I I understand T-Man's complaints here. I'm a huge Crank fan. Crank 2 was even more ridiculous. Mad Max was the good version of what it should be, which yeah. is get from point A to point B and back. That is what Crank basically is, <laughs> is get from point A to point B. That's it. Okay. I mean, I can see that sort of, but it, Crank is a bad movie. Next. No. Okay. So then this is going to continue the streak of what you're going to see in my movies. My number two then, or not number two, but my second to last choice. Ah, whatever. Parasite. Uh-huh. <sighs> So you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to spoil it for you. But I, I know what happens in it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Like, it's it's another movie that genre bends mm-hmm. where this was one where I saw the trailer and then I was like, I don't want to see any more trailers. I don't want to read anything more about it. I have to watch this movie. And I've seen it now twice already. Like, it's come out and I watched it again and showed it to a friend and they loved it. And it's another movie where I can look over and see how they're reacting to the movie. Mm-hmm. On second time around, so the first time you watch it and you don't know what's going on, it's amazing. It's like a get out mm-hmm. and a cabin in the woods. Not cabin in the woods quite, but it is another movie that's very dramatic. The tension is right. Parasite to me was the best movie of 2019. And it may be the best movie in terms of like for cinemaphiles out there, in my opinion, for the decade. Mm-hmm. I know you can argue for Inception and things like that, but again... This was, I wouldn't argue Inception as a cinephile movie. Okay. Like, those things are, like, graphics and flashy and stuff. But in terms of message, plot, the music even, and how it, like, how the movie conveys what it's trying to convey, it does it so well that it's a movie that you feel a lot of things going through. And that's what I enjoyed was there are moments you will laugh. There are moments where you will feel terror. There's moments where you will feel happy. There's moments where you feel... All sorts of different things. And so, again, it's a movie where I can't really pin down and just say, Thriller doesn't do it justice. My argument also used to be, this is what Joker aspired to be. <laughs> which is, might be a controversial opinion, but the two came out about similarly. I saw Joker, and I was like, okay, I get where it's going, but a lot of stuff didn't sit well with me. And then I saw Parasite like a week or two later, and I was like, oh, this Joker, look, this is what you were trying to say with your pseudo-message parasite does it so much better okay cool i i don't have much to add to it because i haven't seen it yet so 
I think this is the only movie that we haven't both seen. Mm. Yeah, I um, think. I well, I don't know if you've seen my next movie or not, but uh, I think you have. Fire away. My next movie, uh, <laughs> which shouldn't be a surprise to people that know me, uh, because I am one of the most unapologetic James Bond fans of. Mm that i know uh is so the next movie is skyfall house house yeah i've seen it okay, okay that's yeah. the last bond movie i think i've seen yeah uh don't see specter it's terrible even right. though you might need to see specter because the new one coming out is looks to be a direct Se- sequel kind of thing yeah continuing like the J- the daniel craig streak of like the movies all kind of being interconnected mm-hmm. um but yeah skyfall uh I'm curious. I know you like James Bond, but I was like, so, and I like Skyfall, but why? Why do I like it? So, why I like Skyfall so much is it has a lot to do with the director and the cinematographer. Uh, Sam, God, shit. Sam, why am I blanking on his last name? Sam Mendes uh, was the director, and Roger Deakins did the cinematography. And James Bond is a character, caricature, that's how you say it. Caricature. Yeah, I was missing a syllable there. In that he's like the the boozy ladies man who kind of like is suave and has swagger. And a lot of the James Bond movies don't put focus on good shots. Mm-hmm. And like cinema and film and how the movie looks. And they focus more on like cool action and hot women and mm-hmm. James Bond saying snarky one liners. And okay, yes, Skyfall has the bad Komodo dragon scene. I'm not even going to argue against that one. But there is just so much good cinematography. Like one of my favorite fights in james bond history and also like just filmed sequences is like the 40 second long fight him and the sniper fight in like the the soundtrack i think is called silhouette like the score for that song and it's just such like quick brutal action where you can't actually see what's going on but it's filmed so spectacularly that you're still in the moment like it's two guys fighting in shadow and it's just one long take that ends with one guy like james bond trying to pull the guy back up out of the building because he fell out like fell out the window and the moment where m is making the speech to like the court and it's just this rising bit of tension because she's she quotes tennyson and it, again the soundtrack is called Tennyson like and the score behind it like as the bad guy is like coming up and James Bond is racing to try and save her and there's just this oh shit this is where M is gonna get it it it's set up so perfectly you're like she could actually die here where which is like a thing that doesn't happen a lot in James Bond movies, because it's like the male power fantasy. Like, of course, James Bond is going to get out of the 
the sharks with laser beams trap, you know, like mm-hmm. it's the, the, where the Austin powers trope and everything comes from is that like James Bond, he's always going to fuck the girl. He's always going to get out of the trap and save the day. The skyfall in general, just, just this movie that like was shot brilliantly, had a wonderful score, uh, Adele's Skyfall is one of the best Bond mm-hmm. themes in a long time. And it had real oomph. Like, it felt more like James Bond was a human than any other Bond, really. Especially, com- it continued the streak coming off of, like, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, which I also enjoy. And, like, the most disappointing thing about the movie and the the only thing I really have a complaint is how Severin is completely wasted and, and it's like too much of a stereotypical Bond girl because she's there for like one scene to have sex with James Bond and then dies. And that was just like so frustrating because otherwise it would be like a perfect movie. Like if she had like had something more to do than be a sex object, Skyfall is like would be my favorite movie of all time. Um, but because of that, it's like, that rubs me the wrong way because they, they've made such good female characters in the, in the previous movies, like Vera and, uh, God, I can't remember the name from Quantum of Solace, but like both of those characters were so good and had such good motivations. And then they just fucking made another like trophy for Bond to fuck. And it was so annoying in an otherwise great movie. Sorry, that was my only complaint. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Skyfall overall, like I love it so much. Um, okay, so now we're down to the end. Do you want to do your honorable mention first, real quick? Oh uh, yeah, I can throw my honorable mention on there. Yeah, because if you've noticed from this list, I didn't throw a lot of sequels, or we had the whole MCU and stuff. I didn't go down that road. My honorable mention: Rogue One, Star Wars. But it, as you were saying, we had all these remakes and stuff like that. Rogue One was different to me. Like, I didn't expect it to go down the way it did. The ending, it had memorable characters. It had everything I would love in Star Wars. Like, the ending, though, was so grim and dark. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Like, yeah. that just, that made me go, like, holy shit this movie has like balls like just as empire is the greatest star wars this is this is the empire of like spinoffs yeah uh it's funny that your honorable mention is star wars because my honorable mention is also star wars but it's the last jedi um instead of rogue one which one was the last jedi the, the one that is the most controversial the second one. Oh, the second one yeah yeah yeah, like I, I liked The Last Jedi for a lot of reasons. I won't go into all of them in the podcast because this is the honorable mention, not yeah. the top five. But I really loved what Ryan Johnson did. And I think there's a lot of nuance and importance to things that people disregard from the movie. Like they, if people watched it and actually went into it with an open mind and not, oh, fuck, he ruined Star Wars. Like a lot of the things people disregard as unimportant or done badly or actually done very well uh and i i picked up on it like because i watched it the first time and then like star wars discourse kind of tired me and i just didn't want to watch it again but then right before rise of skywalker came out i decided you know what i'm gonna pull it out i'm gonna mm-hmm. rewatch it and look for all the stuff that people complain about and it's still a great movie and most of the complaints are unfounded all right 
So that was the honorable mentions. Star Wars didn't quite make either of our lists. So what's your what's your uh, last one here? And I'll say the last one. It's my number one movie of the decade. Like okay. this one is the number one. This is the personal movie, if you will. Everything that you were saying about each of the other ones, and it's like, oh, my choices don't reflect that, except my number one. <laughs> I even own the soundtrack for this one. Uh huh. It's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. All right. So we are continuing the Edgar Wright train. The, of course. So we managed to nail all three of his movies from this decade showed up in our between our, our top five. I mean, I went back and forth. Like, this one wasn't not going to be on the list. Like, it's one of those where I seek out, like, when what decade was this movie made? Okay, this one, this is the one. Yeah. Like, my alarms are, like, some of the songs on here. I listen to this, like, every day still some music from this is playing in my life because it's so i got into the manga mm -hmm. and the mangas are fantastic Agree. this yeah have you read them yeah i've read oh, them awesome they're fantastic and this because it's always a disappointing you read the book and then you have this idea of how things are going to be and then you watch a movie and it's like ah oh, but they missed this sequence or they missed this and the mangas yeah same thing like each boss fight basically gets its own manga in the actual like narrative but this one took all the high points and like kind of put it into the film made it cohesive didn't do like a cop out of two or three films just one big weird trippy film the manga is weird and trippy and this kept up that indie vibe of like this isn't what movies are supposed to be but this is just really fun i loved having like the fact of the garage band and like Beck was in this thing as like the person driving the music direction in the background. And so like all of the Sex Bob-omb songs, there are really crappy versions of them on the soundtrack. And then there's Beck's versions of them as well. Like it is so much fun. And while I love it for like, oh, the cinematography, the music, all of that, the story really speaks to me. Like this one is the personal one of where like it started off early in the decade. I can't remember if it's 2012 or 13 or I think it's actually 2010 wow because i think, I think it, it was early in the decade let me let me check real quick because i know i got into the mangas in 2008 which was around the third book or fourth book um let's see scott pilgrim versus the world uh was 2010 okay yeah so it started off the decade like this one has shaped a lot of my like oh shit there's an edgar wright movie coming out this year sorry oh. <laughs> <laughs> like this was a I don't know, like, it's hard to say even who I am as a person without this movie, because the manga caught me in a place in a time where I was, like, trying to figure myself out. Like, it's about a breakup in a way, but it's about more than a breakup. It's about figuring yourself out and getting over a breakup in so many different aspects that, like, it caught me at a time where I needed that message. And I was seeing it and it was just a, huh, it was awesome. Like I, I, it's hard for me to even convey to other people because it feels so personal, but I feel like there's lots of people out there who might relate to this movie and agree that, Hey, yeah, for the people who saw it and kind of caught into it, like, I don't know how to explain how weird <laughs> and fun and like, it had like, it has Captain freaking America in the movie. Yeah. Like Chris Evans plays Lucas Lee and Lucas Lee is great like he he does that douchebag so perfectly yeah and like oh the veganism and vegan police oh, yeah. and like there's so many little movies milk and eggs yeah. bitch 
It's such <laughs> and the bass battle. So that's one of my like wake ups. Is that yeah. yeah? Oh, oh yeah. Like as a, I mean, obviously as a video game person, I love Scott Pilgrim. Jeez, <laughs> um, oh, like I, I could go on and on just as much as you on Scott Pilgrim. It's another one that's really up there for me. Like Edgar Wright, as I mentioned on Twitter today, he's like a I will follow him into hell director <laughs> because Scott Pilgrim, The World's End, Baby Driver, this decade just fucking rocked for him. And like I could have easily just had talked about Edgar Wright as the director of the decade or whatever. Um, I love all his movies. Like I, the Roxy versus Ramona fight is like yeah. a great change from the manga. And also like when I, I made a, a, a blog post, it's an old one now. I think it was like two years ago that I did it, but I like went through some of the best action scenes and why I love them and why they're good action scenes. And the world's end bathroom and Roxy versus Ramona were two of the ones that I highlighted uh just because of how well they're done and what goes on in them and everything it's and this and like you said soundtrack yeah. very good and um, like uh so you mentioned that sequence the thing that stands out to me is actually the the beats in between the fight sequences actually of like where scott pilgrim and ramona are fighting and it's like so weirdly relatable in yeah, a way of like yeah. oh don't say that and oh and but we've all been there and we've all said stupid shit. Yeah. And we've all gotten angry for reasons that were not related to the person we're with, but like because of the baggage that we carry. And this was such a good metaphorical. Oh, yeah. Like, like Scott and Ramona were very relatable characters in the sense that both of them kind of suck. But yeah. we also like all of us at some po point have kind of sucked. Like yeah. no matter what, like I am, I think I'm a good person, but I've been shitty. Like th there's just no two ways around it. Like, and part of becoming a good person is realizing you're shitty and moving on and finding someone who allows you to be shitty every now and then. So here's, do you own the DVD or the, yes. The so yeah. there's multiple endings. Oh yeah. I don't like the, the ending where he goes with knives. You're not. Okay. No, like that, that's a regression. It's not a good, uh -huh. like, the message of the movie and like what's going on, like it's we're fuck ups, but we're going to work like we're not judging each other on the like the surface level fuck ups. We're going to try and work our way through this uh -huh. while like going back to knives is kind of like a character regression. Like I love knives. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like knives is in that movie is one of the most adorable like characters and like, oh, God, I don't want her heart to break. But for the right thing is scott and ramona okay what do you think i mean i'm biased towards i love ramona i yeah really really identified with like scott and ramona all the way through but i'm like is scott and knives supposed to be the better ending i don't know because like do scott and ramona end up together or do they stay friends like it's such a it depends on my mentality watching through that movie. Of like, like for me, just real quick before I go into my movie, like for me, the panel from the book six of Scott Pilgrim where Knives and Scott kiss mm -hmm. after like they've been through everything and it's been like it's weird because like the movie takes place over like a week yeah. while like the books are like a years of a relationship and like yeah. what's going on between Scott and Ramona and that sort of baggage. And so that the there's a section 
in in six where they're broken up and like Scott is trying to get back together with all his exes because he he's hurt over Ramona and just wants to like yeah he thinks oh I've learned now and Knives has always been pining after Scott and so they kiss and it's just like and it's like they kissed and the narrator was like goes I think it's something along the lines and it was terrible for everyone yes even you like just yeah. like and just like pointing out like shoving it into like the, the the reader's face of like the people who are like oh but they're so cute together like no this doesn't always work out the way you think it does like it was something yeah. where oh like oh, it's such a good now i'm like i have to read the mangas it's been a while so that's a movie that i watch like every year kind of thing of the decade like mm -hmm. since it's come out that's the movie i've watched over and over and over i gotta say just like aside from parasite which i haven't seen like I want to watch all these movies right now. Like, I don't have the time to do this, but I want to rewatch all these movies that I'm talking about. And I've seen them all a bunch already and just need to see them. I, I, yeah. Anyway. Um, one last comment. One on last comment on Scott Pilgrim. I will say this was one where the book, I felt the, the movie had a better ending than the book. I didn't like book six as much as I did because book six, I was confused by it came out just before. And I was like, I've been waiting five books and everything. And then book six. And I was like, confused. Then I saw the movie and I was like, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. it, it told it actually a little bit better. Yeah. But yeah. <sighs> okay. So the last one we're going to talk about, I found this very interesting because we have talked a lot about the MCU and we've talked a lot about like those movies yeah. between Harvey's E snaps and just in general, we did an entire dedicated podcast where we had a bracket of the yeah. MCU movies. And yet, I'm the one holding down the fort here by actually including one of I mean, them in my top five. I mean, if you want my opinion on MCU stuff, there's a whole friggin' podcast episode on it. True, so like, yeah. I, I had to deliberately make that. That's why even my honorable mention was not MCU. True, but there was absolutely no way I couldn't include Winter Soldier in my top five. Of course, that's yeah. your... Yeah, like... You can go back and listen to me rave about it in other podcasts. Oh, um, yeah. But like, and I, I you know. You didn't even it's, put it at the first, like, fifth one. It was, it's your number. I know it's your number one movie. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I couldn't not talk about it again. Yeah. Captain America Winter Soldier is just such a fucking good movie. Did you even, like, know the plot and stuff? Like, did you read the comics beforehand? Um, I, You had spoiled me that Bucky was Winter yeah. beforehand. But that was the only thing I knew about But you about didn't know, it. like, the Civil War storylines. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, God, I love Winter Soldier. The soundtrack is, again, fantastic. Aside from a bit of wonky cinematography in the towards the end of the chase scene like the nick fury chase the chase scene is so good the tension of him like them trying to get into his jeep uh the like the spy versus spy sort of like it's not an espionage movie like that you can in in the sort of sense that others are but there's still like the people are inside the walls like yeah. it's the people next to you that you have to worry about it's not like the regular marvel superhero movie right yeah. this it, one was weird yeah it, it's in an mcu that was kind of god what's the hum hum homogenous uh -huh. homogenized where like every movie kind of follows the same story beats kind of follows yeah. the same stuff captain's winter soldier uh does kind of do that as well has like the big action sequence at the end for act three 
but like this and civil war both end in a very personal fight mm-hmm. um and you know like cap versus bucky uh in this one sp- specifically and oh god i lo- i love it like it's an action movie and it has good action that's filmed competently like mm-hmm. you can see all of it it was the right around now was like the when this came out i think this came out in 2012 13 somewhere whenever it came out Mm -hmm. it was like the death of shaky cam like Uh, thank fucking god that stupid like phase of action movie was finally over with you could see what was going on but the the intro like the intro boat sequence the the car sequence the 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 highway sequence where he fights bucky the choreography where he like puts the knife through the shield and then like drops it to try and step oh god everything i mm, mm. obviously i'm a big action guy and i get excited watching these scenes and the choreography and all that stuff and the fact that it was somehow both like a big story and yet a personal story about like captain america trying to find his place in like a world yeah like it was his first modern one like he was in the avengers but like that wasn't a captain america movie this was about cap trying to this is what i love about captain america in the comics is the man out of time stories Mm -hmm. not necessarily the his villains and stuff that he fights it's cap trying to figure out like holy crap like so much time has passed and then he has a reminder from his past but it's somebody trying to kill him and it's uh yeah yeah that's the part okay well do you own the soundtrack for that one yes yeah i own the sound i told you all five movies um fair enough i own the soundtrack to them i god it's uh... okay well that's that's our time i think that's the full episode yeah i i I uh, wanted to do a kind of different episode this time. I know we did not do a lot of Make Me a Gaming this Scott episode. Scott Pilgrim. I feel like I'm the true ga- Well, that was me in 2010. I mean, so you know, I had some gamer cred back then. <laughs> and then a decade kind of passed me by. Yeah. But I, like, it's, like, we don't, we talk about movies occasionally. And I kind mm-hmm. of, like like to do like an episode like this every now and then because both of us really like our movies and have mm-hmm. things to say about them and i uh i wanted to do some sort of retrospective because we've decided i'm going to be doling out the the games of the decade over mm-hmm. like the year so we're not going to do like a dedicated episode that until later mm-hmm. um but i did want to do some sort of decade retrospective to start the year out Cause like we're in 2020 now and we got to do this again in 10 years. Yeah. We'll, we'll be here. You can promise, promise you that we'll, yeah. we'll be promise pod promise pod. Wait for us 10 years in 10 years. We will also talk about all the movies to come, which by apparently uh, Edgar Wright has a uh, movie coming out this year called last night in Soho. And it's supposed to be a psychological horror film. Ooh, horror. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's written by him and someone, Christy Wilson Carnes. Okay. Uh, and it's he's going to be directing it. Uh, oh, she apparently wrote uh, 1917. Oh. Which I also want to see. I haven't seen that one. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. So I'm any Edgar Wright movie, I'm already there. And uh, 
Agreed. I don't need yeah. to. Do I, I don't need to know anything else about yeah. this. No this spoilers movie. for me. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. Like, it's a psychological horror movie. That's all I need to know. I'm I'm there. I've got like three of them on my list. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's this. You're starting off the decade with a horror Ooh. movie from Edgar Wright. Maybe we'll in ten years with that promise pod. We'll. Uh, <laughs> See what, what you think. Promise about. Pod. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag promise pod. That's what we got from this. Okay. Um, well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to our nonsense. Uh, where can they find you, Harvey Z? You can find me at Twitter at the Z is silent. You can find me on Twitter at Team Man Plays Games. You can find our podcast at Make Me a Podcast. Uh, you can always write to us at Make Me a Gamer Podcast at gmail.com and if you want to check out my writings whenever I do them, they are at tmanwrites.com. You can also join us on Discord now. Uh, we're slowly gathering a crew. Uh, I see you out there. I see you guys. Yeah. Or people or ladies. I don't know. Cats. Identify yourselves. I just see you in there. Talk. <laughs> All right. Um, so next week, I'm hesitantly promise potting. Oh. Um, oh. We're going to do a... Uh, uh, a story episode where we Ooh. get to i get to tell you about some stupid shit that happened in gaming history i always look forward to learning about gaming culture because i am inevitably always surprised yeah um this one i think you might not be as surprised about because it's a lot more recent uh but i'm i just i want to talk about it it's it's funny to me it's it's something you you've know you know about i think okay. but I, i'm gonna try and do a little more digging and and just mm -hmm. like talk about the lead up to it and everything uh okay so that's your teaser for next week harvey z take us out what you got for me you can't keep depending on me for this i wanted to go to like promise pods and ah uh, this is so much pressure like Listen, movies man. do we need a cinemaphile reference do we so maybe we should just figure out an actual legit way to end this show fine give me right now what's our what's our outro phrase what's like the catchphrase i've got i came up with the intro the procedurally generated podcast well i guess we kind of came up with that together but yeah, yeah, you can you can have credit for that okay i'll give it to you uh like what do we need do we need them to come back stay real keep it cool keep it fresh podcast uh, keep it cool and fresh like that sounds like we're talking about lettuce i mean lettuce join hands and no no holy matrimony as you you promise pods <laughs> they're gonna marry us <laughs> 10 years save for marriage <laughs>